The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And this is Mo Fall. A lot of my clients call me Coach Mo. And I'm here with another episode of Bring Your Soul to Work. It's my secret formula to helping my clients achieve better, greater, and really live the life that our creator has destined for us. It's it's always about expansion and growth and something more. And oftentimes, how we're raised might bring in less. How we're raised might bring in a concept of not going for it, depending on the loving individuals who raised us and who influenced us when we were growing up. We got a variety of different messages. And unfortunately for many of us, those messages involved things that shut us down and that stop us. And all of our adult lives were struggling with coming out of that or coming past that or breaking the barriers of all of that. It's almost as if there's a destiny that is calling us to break free so that we can get stronger through it. Today, I'm going to talk about mentoring and is mentoring what you need to get going. I'm a career coach. I spent 30 years in the healthcare world and 27 of those as a manager and leader and executive. And what I learned along the way has a lot to do with what mentoring can or can't do for that and break it down in all of its intricate pieces. And I'm going to answer questions that I get from not only my clients, but other people in my life and, and people I talk to on my clarity calls. I talk to thousands and thousands of mostly women, because that's the work I do. I work with professional women to help enhance their careers and bring their careers up to a level where they've not really been able to get on their own. And sometimes they've gotten there on their own, but then it fell apart for one reason or another. Uh, Sometimes things that they either didn't do to, to maintain it, or sometimes through dynamics in their company or organization. Either way, if your career is not what you want it to be, it is affecting your soul. There's no way in the world that the work that we do doesn't affect the essence of our divinity. We are not separate from that when we go to work. We are not separate from the beautiful soul that was born to be something special in this world. So when we go to work as an engineer, an accountant, an educator, marketing or sales, when we go to work to do that work, it isn't separate from who we are deep inside. Which is why we have this inner beckoning when we're not happy. Not being happy at work 
is the conflict and the rub against our soul's expansion. It's an inner calling to do something different. Hey there, do something different. This doesn't feel good. Yeah, but I need a job to pay the bills. Yeah, but this isn't big enough for you. You're not able to put all of your talents and contribute in the way that you're really built for. Yeah, but I know the people here and I've been here for a while and I have a 401k. Yes, but there's other jobs with 401ks and you'll meet new fresh people there anyway. All the time, that inner dialogue is going on in a way that is supporting your soul, but you're not listening. <laughs> you're not listening to the inner voice because you've been told not to. You've been shut down for decades. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not the fault of who raised you. Well, it kind of is. It's no one's fault. Wherever you are right now, if the work you do in the world that is allowing you to have financial means, financial prosperity, hopefully financial abundance, if the work that you do in the world is not jiving with who you are deep inside, you have got a problem. Just like if your blood pressure is too high, you've got a problem. If your cholesterol is too high, you might have a problem or not. <laughs> uh, cholesterol is one of those funny things. If you've broken your foot, like I did two months ago, you've got a problem that needs to be fixed. So if your work is not making your soul happy, you have a problem that needs to be fixed. And if you don't fix it, you're going to hop along and not be able to bear weight on that broken thing, just like I learned with my broken foot. You've got to get treatment for your problems or they will not get fixed. If you don't get treatment, your problems will get worse. I have no idea what would have happened if I would not have gotten treated for my broken foot. I was actually tempted for the first 24 hours not to do something about it because I figured, ah, just something happened while I was walking and it'll fix itself and my body will take care of it. Well, the next morning it hurt even more and I literally could not bear weight on it. Just like so many people I talk to on the Clarity Calls, they literally can't even go to work the next day. I've had many clients who spent nights in the hospital with nervous breakdowns and nervous disorders. I have a woman who had ravaged infection throughout her entire body. Our body gets sick eventually because we are sick of the soul and life work combination. Eventually the body will get somewhere with us because if we don't pay attention to the whispers, it's going to have to shout loud and clear. So whatever's broken, fix it before it gets worse because it will get worse. That's a guarantee. Now, what does mentoring have to do with this? Today's topic. Mentors, classically, have been people who shepherd others to a place where that other person hasn't been before. Mentors are typically moving people forward, and it's typically a career term. And it is 
a relationship with a mentee that is meant to help that mentee move along and advance in a much more rapid way than they could do on their own. And there are structured mentor uh, uh, programs. There are unstructured mentor programs. There are people who know how to be mentors. There are people who don't know how to be mentors. Not every leader or executive knows how to be a mentor. Not every manager knows how to be a mentor to her team. So the whole concept of mentoring is a very complicated one because there's no single thing about it. So if your company offers mentoring, as some do, they more than likely have structure to it and they've more than likely trained the managers and leaders on how to do this thing called mentoring. Because not every human being gets it. So companies who have mentor programs typically train their mentors and oftentimes they actually choose who would be the mentees based on someone else's decision on who they think has promise in order to use the company's resources to help that person move along. So it's more of a, like a leadership development type of track. And there are companies who invest a lot in this, believe a lot in developing their own people, and put a lot of resources, investment, time and effort in that way. If you have a company who does that, bravo. Check it out, find out if that's something that can help you move forward. If you don't have that in your company, it gets a little bit more complicated. Because not every person who might be at a role that you want is suited to be a mentor. And chances are you might not know how to be a mentee. There's a certain thing you gotta be when you're a mentee. And there's a certain thing you gotta be when you're a mentor. I'm gonna be uh, coaching and, and teaching some of my clients who are in my leadership academy um, about this in a couple of weeks as we wrap up our leadership academy. Because it's an important and critical aspect of being a leader, but not everyone has the introduction or the training for it to be able to either receive mentoring or to be a mentor. So I just want to cover a few topics on this so you know what to look for if you think you want a mentor. And I also want to draw the distinction between a few other things, role models, icons, heroes, gurus, and coaches. When I was hiring my first coach 19 years ago, in February, it'll be 20 years ago, that I hired my first coach, being a life coach, which is what people were called then, was an unusual thing. As a matter of fact, the woman who was my first coach um, was introduced to me by some coworkers because I was having a rough time at the job I had then. I was happy about the work I was doing. I was excited about the organization I was working in, but I was hitting roadblock after roadblock, and I didn't have the skills or the savvy to navigate it in a way that was um, adequate and successful. I'm not sure anyone would have had the skills or the savvy because it was a complex 
organization, I was actually being asked to do very impossible things. And those uh, colleagues of mine who were at that organization at the time, I know fully will agree with that. Um, sometimes we are, as professionals, put in situations that are literally impossible to get right or do right. And I was in that type of situation. I didn't know it, though. I didn't know how impossible it was because I'm tenacious and I'm a hard worker and I'm smart and I know how to get stuff done and I've always been able to get stuff done. I've started up uh, centers and clinics uh, and cardiac rehab and cardiac diagnostics and I've started up consulting agencies and started up physician practices. Like I know how to do stuff. I know how to operationalize and pull the pieces together. In this particular instance, the first coach, whoo, things were rough. And I learned a lot from that experience and I hung in there for five years. Uh, but the final two years, actually almost three now, uh, since I kind of do the, the, the chronology on it, those final three years were really difficult for me. And I didn't want to give up because I don't give up. And so I had an identity of not giving up. And if I saw it differently, I might have made a career change before I was laid off, but I didn't. And I hired my first coach in the year 2000. And she gave me insights into things that I never thought of before. For instance, would you rather be right or get things done? Hmm. I didn't think they were incompatible. Sometimes they are. Blind spot after blind spot she uncovered for me. And I was able to have a deeper understanding of self and a deeper understanding of my situation. I was able to navigate it differently and take some of the pressure and the stress off of me. In that organization, I, I looked for mentors along the way and actually asked for certain people who I considered to be role models to be mentors. But you know what? They didn't know how to do it. They didn't have the time. And I didn't get what I needed internally. So I eventually turned to a coach and I hired her. Um, as I recall, she was actually an opera singer. That was her full-time job. She was an opera singer. And she had gotten into this field of work, um, one of the first people who did it 20 years ago. Again, it was not a very common thing. Um, over the years, it's been more and more common. And now it's, it's almost like this, this big burgeoning field. And why is that? And I'm going to give you some insight as to what my opinion is about why that is. Over those 20 years of hiring my first coach and where I am today, I have had multiple coaches. I have sought out multiple relationships with people who I felt could help me. I have dove in full, head first, feet first, 100% into learning and developing myself. Because I was looking for a place of alignment and happiness that was eluding me. I don't know why, but it was eluding me. And it just felt like other people were kind of a little bit more together than me. Later, come to find out, probably not true. But what people above me were doing and navigating seemed outside my grasp. I didn't have the I didn't have the techniques. I didn't have the inner stuff that I needed to settle down on the inside so I could be a little bit more effective. 
more than a little more effective. So sometimes there's role models that we might tap into. They're probably not going to help us much, but they're a beacon to at least what we want to do or who we want to be. They're a beacon for what it looks like. But getting there, huge gap. And then there's people who are like icons. Richard Branson, the chairman of, of Virgin Companies, is an icon for a lot of business people. Oprah Winfrey. Wayne Dyer was one of the icons slash gurus that I learned from through his talks and tapes, CDs, and books. Deepak Chopra. Tony Robbins, icon gurus, although Tony did have a uh, Netflix special that came out a couple of years ago called I'm Not Your Guru. I'm going to talk about the word guru in a second. Icons are other people that we can learn from who might have a distinct message or an inspirational way of life that we can look to and say, yeah, I want that. Whereas a role model is usually someone who might be just a little bit closer into where we're currently living and existing and working. That icon is kind of like out there in the distance and we're like, ooh, that would be so cool to be like that or to think like that or to believe that stuff. That'd be cool. And then there's the heroes. Heroes, whether they're true people or fictional, I have my clients do some stuff with this, in, a, in our workshop, heroes have done something great. They've literally had a life where their life changed the trajectory of either the world or someone's life or life in general. One of those examples, one of the heroes that one of my clients uh, talked about on one of the coaching calls in my workshop this week was, uh, is Martin Luther King. And he clearly changed the world. Because of him, there was a different trajectory, not only of, of African Americans in the, in the United States, but in general of the dialogue of what equality, fairness, racism, what all of that looks like. And as more enlightened individuals, what we need to seek out in order to have a life and a path that is righteous by all humanity. That's really, to me, what, what Martin Luther King stood for, a righteousness of humanity. And at the time, of course, uh, race and race riots were a big thing. But he was clearly a hero. The next thing is a guru. And my way of, of considering a guru, it's someone who spiritually has a sense of enlightenment that would be a sought-out level of enlightenment that perhaps would be unattainable to a normal human being, kind of like living a normal life, so to speak. A guru is that icon that has that transcendence that just doesn't seem to be possible. And so all of these different levels of human characters, whether they be real or fictional or authors or any type of 
of, of human that we can look toward and consider. A mentor doesn't have to carry that weight. They don't have to carry that level of weight. They could, they could simply be someone who has a vice president role and you're a manager and perhaps there's a director role between the two and just kind of showing the way a little bit. That's what a mentor could be. But that vice president has to know how to kind of reach down and direct from the level of where you're at. Not everyone can do that. A mentor is a really tactile relationship. There's pieces that have to be in place and there's rapport and discussion and, and true helping that has to be part of that relationship. And not everyone naturally has that in them. So when we kind of look at who are the types of figures that we need in our lives in order to enliven our lives, all of them have a possibility of making things a little bit better. But a mentor is someone we could actually have a conversation with, whereas role models, icons, heroes, and gurus may not necessarily be people we could actually have a conversation with and have a real-life experiential movement with. And truly, this is where the whole industry of coaching has really come alive and filled a really big gap. Coaches are trained to help people achieve their potential. Most of us might relate to coaches as in athletic coaches and someone who is on the sidelines and screaming and yelling the plays and someone who during practice helps us get in shape and practice the strategies that are going to win the game. That's how I started learning about coaches as a young girl playing a variety of different sports. Now, the coach wasn't always nice. <laughs> so sometimes you had to navigate their personality in order to get on the field or to play well or feel like you weren't going to get yelled at on the sidelines when you went in between innings or between quarters or at timeouts. So how we identify with coaches could come from some of that background as a young person playing sports. But in general now, career and life coaches, and of course there's health coaches and financial coaches and all sorts of other relationship coaches, all trained, skilled, and having expertise, at least they're supposed to be, um, who can help you navigate that particular topic, that particular thread of your life. And as far as I go and my, my coaching team, we're all trained, skilled in coaching, moving the human potential forward. I have a woman I work with who's a resume and LinkedIn expert um, certified, uh, resume and LinkedIn expert on my uh, coaching team. And um, she's an expert in that. And so all of us combine our different coaching expertise and help lift our women forward in our workshop. We have expertise and strategies, techniques, and tools. And we're actually talking with these women in real life and handling real life issues and problems and helping them navigate things that are not navigable in the way that they have learned and grown up. So when we get into a real pickle in our life and things aren't working, we need someone who's been there. We need someone who understands how to navigate things. We need someone with expertise and vision and, frankly, 
a personality that's going to facilitate some of our fears and not let our fears take hold. So to be a real good coach, you have to sort of dominate the players, if you will. And many coaches are trained to allow people to come into their full potential and be open to what that could be, the possibilities of what that human being is able to express and be. And it's a beautiful thing as a coach to watch someone really express themselves that way. In the second half of this episode today on mentoring, I'm going to talk about the actual nuts and bolts of mentoring and coaching and exact examples of how this works and how my clients in particular have had success and why they've had it. The actual mechanistic ways in which coaching works. I'm going to talk about mentoring a little bit so that if you have the opportunity to have some conversations with folks at your current work that you could perhaps have a productive conversation there. Um, don't hold out though, because in my experience personally, when I asked others to mentor me, it was sort of on deaf ears and, and, and an executive might be reluctant to reach down into the organization and mentor someone without some type of permission or without some other uh, political will to do that because it's, it's not necessarily part of what they're responsible for. So it can get a little tricky. I'm going to talk about that, though. I'm going to give you some ideas and thoughts about that as well and really break this whole thing down so that you can leave today's episode always the practical coach, even though I'm spiritual and soulful and want you to bring that lovely soul of yourself forward. I like giving you some practical ways to do things and some takeaways. So that's what we're going to do in the second half. If you like what you're hearing from me and your career is not where you want it to go, you might want to consider taking a look at my free training on my master class. I'm going to help identify for you the things that are probably in your way in your career the five shifts to bring your soul to work. And you can access that at mofall.com slash masterclass. I'll be back in a few minutes for the second half of the show on mentoring. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And we are back on mentoring I'm going to start this second half of the show off with one of my favorite things. I have been a Daily Word subscriber since 1983, all the moves and careers I've had since then. Today's Day of the Word is Begin Again. I have unlimited chances to begin again. I hear the call to move to a more meaningful life experiences with a deeper understanding of spirit. Whether my calling comes from a sudden change or a restless awareness, 
something more is possible. I embark with faith. It's the beginning of the Daily Word. If you don't subscribe to the Daily Word, I would suggest it. It's a, a simple reminder of staying in alignment and having some presence of spirit grounding you every single day. My clients um, have a, a morning ritual that we embrace because getting into your divinity every single morning is a way for you to own your day in your spiritual center and self. And when you come through the day with that start, things have got to go better than the alternative. We're considering mentoring and coaching today for the topic. And one of the things I want to really break down and to talk about is just how coaching works and what it is all about. And I want to draw some distinctions around mentoring, which frankly, I have not had great experience with in my career for a lot of reasons. I talked earlier about how some companies have very structured programs and it's uh, part of their thing to mentor and grow some of their talent within. If you'd like to join this conversation, feel free to call in. We just announced the number. It's 816-215-3555. Happy to talk to you about coaching, mentoring, or anything going on with your spirit, soul, or career. So you name it. And I'd be happy to talk to you about that. There are some avenues of mentoring that can be successful, but you have to be careful. <laughs> you have to be careful that the mentor knows what they're doing. And you as the mentee, have to understand how to receive support and guidance and not be a know-it-all and not be stuck in things. See, the problem with mentoring is that mentors typically aren't trained to advance the human being. They're just not trained to do that. There's not really like a mentoring class, school, whatever. And if companies have some programs, they'll, they'll train their executives how to do this. But normal human beings aren't really trained to do that. They're not. Unfortunately, most human beings come to the table with their set of biases and fears and prejudices about life and bring that to the table on any topic or anything that would provoke their fear or uncertainty or uncomfortableness. So most human beings walking around the planet giving advice are giving very biased advice. Look, I'm not saying that some of my advice isn't biased. <laughs> All of us human beings have bias. Our brain can't function 100% open. It has to create channels and, and pockets to put information in to make sense to us so that we can speak and, you know, cogitate. But the cognitive brain is not where the best coaching comes from. And my clients know this because we've had experiences together about this, the best coaching comes directly from the soul. Mentoring is very strategic and tactical. So if you have a mentor, or if you are a mentor to a mentee, or if you're a mentee, you're going to get strategic, tactical advice. Do that, do this. The timing of that's not right. You do this a little bit better, do this more. It's very strategic. It's set to have more of a, uh, an advancement plan. Whereas coaching is really about the, the potential of the person. And it can be strategic at times, so more like a mentor. Uh, coaching sometimes can actually be training and teaching 
a client certain skills that would be helpful in navigating life and career. Generally speaking, a coach is bringing forward the potential of that human. Just like a coach on a basketball team is bringing forward the potential of its basketball players. And when she's out there coaching her team in practice, she's helping them with fundamentals of dribbling and passing and running around, stopping short and defensive things. So that in the game, the fundamentals are solid. So sometimes as a coach, we're coaching on the fundamentals of life and navigating life and navigating our emotions and navigating our soul so that in the game of life, things go a little bit more smoothly. If you don't know how to pass the ball in basketball or to catch it properly, you're going to kind of mess up on some of the basic stuff. So there's no way you're going to get it in the hoop if you can't pass and catch. So you got to get the passing and catching right so that you can throw it in the hoop and score. The game of life is no different, really. There's a lot of passing and catching. There's a lot of dribbling. There's a lot of defensive drills. There's a lot of running up and down the court. And if you get tired out or worn out or you don't have the fundamentals, the game will run past you. And I've seen this so often with the women I've spoken to on the clarity calls that we offer. The game of life and the career game has literally run past them. Because the way that they were taught the fundamentals, and usually I hear this on almost 100% of the calls. I was taught as a just to get your education, work hard, and everything will come together for you. That's like saying all you have to do is put your uniform on for the basketball game and you're going to be able to play and win. Not true. It's one of the biggest lies out there that I hear that has really held careers and people's lives and livelihoods back. You can't just get an education and show up and go to work and expect success. It is impossible. You have to learn the basics of success. You have to learn the building blocks. And for goodness sake, you've got to bring your soul alive. Because if you do it from a place of a dead zone, of not believing in yourself, not knowing who you really are deep inside, uh, questioning your self-worth, uh, not accepting who you are, feeling like you have to shut yourself down. All of these things are going to hold you back. That's like standing in the corner of the basketball court and expecting the game to come to you. Who would do that? No one. And expect to play a basketball game. But in careers and lives, humans are doing it all the time. I got my uniform on. I've showed up, I'm on the team, I'm going to stay in this corner over here. I was told if I stay in this corner for a couple years, I'd get a promotion. And the ball comes to you and you can't even catch it. The game's happening over here and you're over here. Why am I not getting ahead?
So many of us need someone to show us the basics, to get us in the game, and to bring our soul alive so that we can craft that beautiful life and contribution of work that we are meant to have. It doesn't just happen because we have an education and we show up for work. It doesn't happen that way. So we have to be in the game, but we also have to be playing the game. And when we do, guess what? Basketball's technically not a contact sport. Work probably technically isn't a contact sport. But you're going to get popped around a little bit. It's part of it. When you go up for a rebound, that's my ball. I'm going to get that rebound. Someone might elbow you in the nose. And if you take that personally and don't go up for the next rebound because you took that elbowing personally, you're losing out on rebound after rebound after rebound. You're going to get elbowed in the face. It's going to happen. If your expectation is that that's not going to happen, you will lose because you will stop going after it. And that stopping going after it is going to guarantee you not to get that next level of success. You might even be getting yourself into a situation where you're going to be looked at as someone who's not capable. So when layoff time comes or reorganization time comes, you're not going to be one of the players. Yeah, she got elbowed on that last rebound and really hasn't gone up for another rebound since. And it's been, you know, we're in the little final quarter of the game and we got to win and we can't have a player like that. We got to get her off the team. We need someone else who can play. We need someone else who's going to be in the mix of the game. Take a look at how you're playing the game of your career and your life. Are you hanging out with your uniform on, shoes laced up, standing on the court, and expecting the game to come to you? When the ball comes your way, what are you doing? Throwing it back, or are you dribbling to make a layup? Are you shooting a three-pointer? Are you being bold in your moves? Are you going to the basket? Are you sharing the ball with your teammates? How are you showing up in the game? And when you get tripped or when you get elbowed or if someone takes the ball away because they're a better player than you, are you taking it personally? Are you shutting down and contracting? Are you holding grudges? Have you decided that that's exactly what you needed to see in order to shut down and no longer play? Because really you're scared anyway and you were looking for an excuse not to play? Or maybe you were looking for an excuse for someone to take you into a role where you could say, it's because of them that I'm not ahead. It's because of that player that I'm not being me. That doesn't make sense does it? But so many of us in our careers are doing just that. Well, that person got 
action instead of me and I'm just going to be a victim and I'm just going to contract and I'm, I'm just going to quit someday. You can go ahead and do that. And then you're literally transcribing your fate in stone. When you make a decision of retracting, of playing less than, you're coming out of fear. And that beautiful brain of yours is going to figure out all sorts of reasons why it makes sense. All sorts of reasons, because that's what we do as human beings. We reason things. Well, no, I'm just being practical. Hmm. Said no one successful ever. Said thousands of women stuck in their careers. I'm just going to be practical about this and, and think real practical about this. And I'm going to, you know, get everything kind of squared away. And, you know, then I'll play the game. Get in there. Get in there and get in there and show who you are. But the problem is you got to get the basics down first. Otherwise, you will lose. You will lose if you do not have the basic moves. You will lose if you don't know how to navigate the game. You will lose if you don't have a sense of self. You will lose if the next big shot pop in your nose when you go for the rebound doesn't feel good and you decide not to do it anymore. You'll lose. I talk to a lot of women on my clarity calls who have uh, quit their jobs. Either I'm going to quit now or they just did quit or they quit years ago. And that was the, a, a domino effect of so much negativity coming their way. And I'm going to explain that. So the topic of today was mentoring and coaching. And I'm drawing very specific distinctions around how coaching works and what matters and makes sense in mentoring. And earlier in the show, I talked about the role of role models, icons, heroes, and gurus, and they're important, but they're not going to give us the, the tactile help in our life. Mentors, again, could be great, but they're not always trained to do what they need to train, and they're usually on strategies and tactics versus the building blocks of who you need to be as a better human being in order to be successful. You see, the one key aspect of being more successful is that you have to be more of you in order to be more successful. Hey, Mo, can you look at my resume and, and see if I, you know, if it looks good? I don't care about your resume until we get into your soul, which, by the way, is why we offer free career clarity calls. One of the things that, that I make sure of as a coach, and many coaches do this, I would say almost all of us do this, we want to make sure that people are right for the work we do. And at the same time, I want to make sure that all of the women who I would potentially coach understand what's really going on and they get really clear on what the truth is as to what's really going on. So that's why we offer free career clarity calls. On that call, we're going to get to your truth. 
We're going to help you really deconstruct why it is that your career is not working. And you know what? It may not be all pleasantries, but it's going to be truth. If you're not interested in truth, don't book a clarity call with us, please. Because we're going to dive in and diagnose what's really going on with your career. Chances are there's things going on with who you are that have kind of gotten a little stale or mm, you haven't really been showing up fully. Perhaps it's programming or a traumatic event that really affected you in such a deep way that you can no longer really functioning at your, at your highest grade, at your highest being. We find that often. So sometimes that's stuff that we can fix. If it's stuff we can fix and there's stuff that we can move you toward and there's a gap between where you're at and where you want to go, if that's the stuff that we fix, on the clarity call we'll be able to get really clear on that. If not, we have some other strategies or perhaps another coach. But that clarity call helps you get clear on what's really going on. Because chances are, like my first coach I hired 20 years ago almost, she pointed out some things that I couldn't see because all of us have blind spots. So that career call is to help you see past and through your blind spots. I have a trained team, and all of us take the, the calls that come on our books, and we're happy to serve, and it's a free call. And if you can match up with what we do and it seems like the right fit for the coaching I offer, we talk about my workshop. If not, no problem. You get a free call. You get clarity. Um, you can book that by booking at mofall.com slash clarity. And that could be your first introduction into coaching. Perhaps you've never had an experience like that. Perhaps you've never met someone who can understand and ask the proper questions to really peel back the layers of what's really going on in your career. I have a great team, and we know how to diagnose and deconstruct what's going on in your career. And that's what good coaches do first. We have to assess we don't have to look back into every history and every this and that and every wrong and all that other stuff. Not necessary. And if that's something that you want to do, perhaps traditional therapy is a better solution for that. However, most of the women that we talk to uh, have a career that needs to be fixed. And the woven in piece is the soul that needs to be coming alive at a greater and greater way. And it's been shut down for reasons. It's been shut down for reasons of injury and insult and conditioning and programming and things that are like, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I was never told that. So there's all these things that condition us to stay stuck and play smaller. Most of the women I talk to on Clarity Calls, to be honest with you, what they're doing and what's why their job is hurting them so much is because they're really playing at a much smaller level than they're built for. And I go into this in a lot of different episodes talking about some other uh, folks. Here's the thing. In your life, you're going to come across things that you don't know how to solve. You're going to come across things that you're not the expert for. You're going to come across things that are confusing, overwhelming, and that you just don't get. If you haven't had that circumstance in your life, you're not playing all out. You're not even playing out. You're not even playing. I'm almost daily in that situation, which is why I have, I don't know, like three or four coaches. I have a 
whole slew of coaches that help support me in my business as a coach, uh, mindset. Um, I hired a health coach earlier this year. Um, so you are going to come across things that you don't understand. You don't know how to navigate them. You don't know how to lift yourself up from them. And you may hold yourself back out of not knowing. You may hold yourself back out of fear. You may hold yourself back out of conditioning. You may hold yourself back out of comfort zone, don't want to leave it. I don't know what the other side of this looks like, so I won't. That's fear. So fear, programming, and lack of skills. Those are the main reasons why people don't move forward. A great coach is going to know which of those obstacles needs to be considered and solved for. In my coaching workshop, we see everything. Everything from childhood issues that come up that are literally embedded in the core of the soul, that are holding the soul hostage. We see things that happen in early jobs or education or things that come from upbringing. A lot of women were brought up not to ask for more money, not to talk about money, not to look smart, not to express themselves, not to feel what they're feeling. And so there's a box that we have to get ourselves out of. A good coach is going to help you get out of that box in a way that empowers you and who you are. You see, the, the best life is when you are literally releasing the bondage of your soul and allowing that power to inform the work you do. It doesn't mean that that soul's power has to be something that is nonprofit or religious. That soul's power can fuel an accountant's career really, really mightily. That soul's power can fuel a vice president to be a really great leader. That soul's power can fuel an IT master's level engineer to do great work and lead a team and solve problems and, and, and have solutions for companies and organizations that are going to make their work better and all sorts of great things happen from there. But if those professionals don't have a soul that is alive and vibrant and attached to the work they do, work is routine, meaningless. And at some point it gets so hollow that burnout, frustration, and a sense of emptiness begin to dominate our lives. And then we think it's the career. Yeah, I just don't want to be an IT professional anymore, Mo. 20 years in, it's just, I don't, just don't, I don't, just don't feel it anymore. What I have almost universally found is that if you're in a career for 20 years, there's something about it that turned you on. You've lost your soul. And when we pick that back up, oh, you know, I love solving problems. I love technology. I really love this. Ah, okay. So it wasn't the career, it was, it was you. That's how we put pieces back together again. That's how I, as a bring your soul to work, to land your dream job, do the magical work that I do and that my team does with our clients. We magically, almost mysteriously, <laughs> 
bring the soul back to life. Craft a beautiful, shiny version of you and allow that to have the soaring essence and the brightness within to move that career where you haven't been able to move it and get those obstacles be gone. And when you're the brilliant version of you, when you're the most magnanimous, wonderful, expressive, beautiful version of you, you get to soar at levels in your career that you may have hardly dreamt of. Now I have a 12 week workshop and we get that done and build a foundation really quick on those 12 weeks, but there is so much more after that. So much more. The foundation though, and the techniques and the tools and the strategies are life-giving and life-affirming. If you want to get started, you can book a clarity call or you can attend my masterclass. Attending the masterclass where you're going to learn uh, some of the pitfalls and what to do about it, it's mofall.com slash masterclass. And to book your clarity call, talk to a real live person who's going to help coach you through your clarity and get that career diagnosed. That's mofall.com slash give me clarity. Hey, you might be lucky enough to get me. In which case, we'll get into that truth real quickly. This is Coach MoFall. You can find me at mofall.com everywhere on the internet or Coach Mo on most social media outlets. I'm here to help you have the dream career that you deserve because when your soul comes alive, it's all possible for you. We'll see you next time here on Bring Your Soul to Work on Unity Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.